Of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Ah, Toddy. Good to be with you again, folks. Uh, you'll notice that the audio quality is a little different, but maybe not because we've been having some audio difficulties for the last dozen episodes or so. Uh, we do have a new soundboard coming, uh, so look forward to that here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, we're back on Zoom tonight because we had a gap in our scheduling, some life circumstances, and so we're recording on Zoom. You listen to it during the pandemic, hopefully it's not too abrasive to your ears. So tonight we're going to do something a little different, a little special. Uh, we've got the, uh, the Oscars coming up, the Academy Awards, and so Todd had an idea. Todd, what's your, what was your idea for this? Well, uh if you don't know, the Oscars pretty much ignores a lot of horror films. Um, so I just thought it would be kind of cool to not only discuss maybe the ones that are neglected, but there is a little love of uh, for certain horror films throughout the years. So um, I just thought it would be a cool topic to talk about. Yeah, I, for one, I, I don't really follow the Academy Awards for any category because can't tell (laughs) um you know (laughs) film wise you know my favorite genres are like horror exactly (laughs) and then music wise you know i'm really into like traditional style country music and so even those like even at the the the, um the grannies the CMAs, <laughs> it's all just a bunch of radio trash, and you know the real artists don't get much recognition. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, Alabama Shoreline. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama, Alabama Shoreline. Did you know that Chuck Norris is getting a Lifetime Achievement Award at this year's Oscars? Nice. I did not know that. So that might be a reason to tune I in. I made that up, but... You liar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you see how quick you got interested? <laughs> it was like Dr. Dre and Kenny Rogers are doing a duet. What? <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I'm not big on the Academy stuff, and, and just to watch as uh, horror gets shown from the Oscars turns me off, especially when there's some really good content out there in recent years. Yeah, I've always appreciated uh, kind of the, the historical mile marker for, for the film industry, and, you know, you can go back and look at who was popular at the moment and what movies were making an impact, but by and large, I, I've never really cared too much about who's the winner and loser uh, with, with different categories because I mean as I'm sure you guys would agree a, a huge portion of the winners and especially best pictures nobody cares about five years later um, right versus the things that really had a huge impact on people whether it be 
for sheer entertainment or, or other things about the movies, uh, very frequently that doesn't translate to the award. Um, and so that's why I, I've never put too terribly much stock in it. But at the same time, I enjoy watching it and the celebration of, of the, the craft. I haven't in the past. I cared more than I care now. Like uh, a bright spot for me is the Billy Crystal years when he would host the Academy Awards. I enjoyed those. Uh, a lot of times that is what will draw me is who's hosting or, or yep. if there's something really in particular that I enjoyed that I want to see how it performs, if it's been nominated all in all, though, I think it's kind of a <clears throat> industry self suck off <laughs> for the most part. Like <laughs> I, I understand, uh, recognize, you know, being recognized in your field and that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm not too judgmental on that, but it is, it is a bit of, you know, self back padding, but, I enjoy it from time to time, but it's not something I go out of my way. I don't, I don't have Oscar parties or anything. I think the last one that I got invested in was to see how well uh, Get Out would perform at the Oscars. And I, that's yeah. the last one I remember tuning into. Yeah. Because I thought it was important, you know? So did they. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> to a certain extent. Whatever, liberals. that is my favorite thing of of the last couple years of the award show is they have kind of which is long overdue like recognizing actors and actresses of color but literally i feel like the last two years it has been like uh like best actresses all african-american actresses and one like it's like meryl streep (laughs) And then it's like, and the winner is. And then they're like, Meryl Streep. So it's no surprise. That's been the last two years for the Oscars. So I bet people want to hear more about four white dudes talk about <laughs> <laughs> the recognition of people of color. Uh, I do want to say one of my most... I'm glad you said that. <laughs> one of my most favorite uh, <laughs> recent Oscar jokes was, you know, there's there's all that... All that headway building up to Leonardo DiCaprio being nominated for um, his role in The Revenant. And I love that the meme was going around that the bear from The Revenant was going to get the Oscar. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I was disappointed in that movie a little bit because I heard that the bear raped him. So a little wow. bit of disappointment. Well, yeah, it was a different version and a different kind of bear that you were watching for. <laughs> so let's talk horror. <laughs> Who wants to be our, our dungeon master here, Todd or Wilson? Uh, Todd's looking like he really wants to. All right, dig in, Toddy. All right, well, I guess we could start then by, so there's there's some small awards that's been given out, but but essentially there's like pretty much 18 Oscar winners for, for what you may or may not consider horror, because some of them... Some of them, some of them toe the line a thriller. And I think we discussed before, too, in our um, What is Horror episode, because I feel like sometimes, too, if it is nominate, like heavily nominated, they don't want to call it a horror movie anymore, either. I agree with that. Uh, so I'll just, uh, the, the start of my list, I had Sleepy Hollow, which I was actually mm. surprised that it was nominated. So um, the Tim Burton version, it won for uh, Best Art Direction, which I can totally see that. Absolutely. That was in 99, correct? Yes. Yeah, which, I can uh, totally yeah. see that, which that's always 
been the thing I always say about Tim Burton's movies uh, is that re- if the whether the movie itself was good or not, the the art direction is always phenomenal in his movies. They always look great. Yeah, especially that one. That one feels like the Sleepy Hollow stories you heard growing up in elementary school. Like when you sit down and watch that film, you're like, "Yep, this captures it. This is what it feels like." And it even, you know, there's even nods to the 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 disney telling of the tale and so yeah the costuming was great and that and like it felt you could feel the cold in that movie like the the autumnal cold and the fog and just everything about that movie every every bit of its of its design made you feel completely immersed in it yeah and and a a trend that i think you'll see with with a lot of these that we mentioned is you kind of have this permission structure with what kind of punches through to win these awards and, and have its uh, little moments with the Oscars. And so, uh, w- you know, with Tim Burton, obviously he had already started creatively to really, he, he had the respect of a lot of people at this point, but also you get somebody like Christopher Walken in his role in there, who's well-established as, you know, top shelf performer. You get that stuff in there. That's what frequently gets these movies through uh, into these awards. And that's a movie, too, that when we revisited it, I think we even commented on it. That movie is way more horror than I remembered it being when I watched yeah. it again here recently. Like, it's pretty brutal in, in spots. So I don't feel like this is one of those movies that toes the line. This, I mean, that's a straight-up horror movie. Yeah. And, you know, it, Professor, you make a good point there. There's a... It's it's all some of it is really about breaking down those those barriers and 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 getting past the gatekeepers. It's like what they're like, ah, oh, you know, Tim Burton's put his time in. He's done a lot of stuff. Maybe he's done better stuff, but this is good. There's not a lot of competition this year. There's a comp, you know, like just this idea of like when they allow people to win because I think that's another interesting thing too with the Academy, right? Well, and I guess and, if I would have done my homework, it would have been interesting to see what they it was up against that year as well. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, something <laughs> that's important to point out with, with the Oscars that I, I don't think a lot of uh, the public understands, maybe even movie fans, maybe some of the listeners, but there is it's a huge investment. You, they don't just pluck this out from all of the movies made that year. The studios have to finance this stuff, and it's not cheap. And so a lot of times when you get these snubs, it's, it's not because just a group of people sat in a room with their tastes and ignored it. It's, it's because, you know, the, the people behind the financials on this stuff didn't believe they even had a chance. And so that's why you get some, someone like Meryl Streep nominated all of the time because the people with the money behind her movies know there's a good chance she can win. And so that's where I think it's interesting with this per- kind of permission structure and the politics of it all, because there's certain people that are regarded, you know, in that kind of higher echelon of filmmaking, they make it a possibility to win. That's why something like Get Out is such a huge deal. Yeah, and you don't have uh, Harvey Weinstein making threats to kill you if you don't nominate his films either. So that too uh, changed. Uh, I also have uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, so it won for best uh, makeup, best costume design, and best sound uh, FX editing. Yeah, I mean that tracks all completely worthy. Um, 
And again, you've got the director of The Godfather and Apocalypse Now. You know what I mean? Like, there's your there's your reason to get that posted Anthony, up there. But Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. The was was Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary nominated Oldman. for that movie. Um, the best actor because if yeah. he wasn't, he I got feel like Gary Oldman <laughs> takes a shit and gets nominated. So I'd be surprised if he. Uh... That movie was a fucking powerhouse when it came out. That movie yeah. made an enormous waves when it came out. And yeah. still to this day, I still think I love him and other things, but Keanu and Winona Ryder were completely miscast in that movie. Yeah, I agree. Whoa. That's what holds it back because everything else about this movie fires on all cylinders. The score is great. It's visually stunning. The The romance that that is told from the novel is really captured in, the, in this movie in a way that it really was never done in the past where it met kind of the grotesque nature of Dracula. Um, they showcased all that. I mean, it, it was a kick-ass movie. And it, so, and it so was not the cape. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't that Bela Lugosi, that Christopher Lee, that that Dracula we've all, that, that, that's in the public lexicon. When you say Dracula, that's what your mind conjures. It was yeah. so completely alien to that with what was yeah. presented. I think that really surprised people as well, and surprisingly, it was very well received. He wasn't even, uh, Gary Oldman wasn't even nominated that year. Bullshit. Whack. I was going to say, Gary Oldman was not shown respect until much later in his career because he had all those just wild, versatile Daniel roles Day in the Lewis 90s. Got everything. Yeah. But, you, better uh, watch, you better watch it around <laughs> Robert. I think, too, yeah, you, you uh, to catch hands. <laughs> I think looking back, too, you can always tell like movies that made an impact by how, how much it was parodied or it drifted. Like, I mean, The Simpsons and In Living Color and... Uh, everybody had like a, a a Bram Stoker's Dracula, some kind of a joke or parody of it. So, one of my favorite Simpsons jokes on Treehouse of Horrors, when Mister Burns is doing the whole Dracula thing, he's in his coffin and Homer stakes him. But Lisa, he's hammering away. Lisa says, uh, "Dad, that's his crotch." <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite Simpsons jokes ever. <laughs> <laughs> all right what else we got the phantom of the opera 1943 uh one for best art direction and best cinematography robert if you want to um, read on this one <laughs> <laughs> well i would say it's probably because it was more of a musical than a horror film <laughs> what would you call it a uh what was dracula uh, sad goth sad opera. opera. Sad goth opera. I will give. I will give you that on Phantom of the Opera. But uh, <laughs> a sad goth professor. Opera. Which which iteration was this? Who played the Phantom in this one? Claude Rains. Um, Claude Rains. Okay. It's a snooze. To be perfectly honest. Yeah. I don't no, know that I've seen that one. It's it's pretty boring, um, and the payoff is pretty weak. It, it involves. Um, like I think it was lethargic acid or something being thrown in his face. And then you, they reveal the scars at, towards the end of the movie. And it's, it's pretty damn weak. This was a huge, lavish production. Um, truly like an opera. Uh, it's visually, it's a beautiful movie, but for horror fans, pretty whack. Um, even, you know, like me and my dad, have, you know, I've grown up watching these movies with him. We've always found this one to be like, you know, important and canon, but not really that entertaining. Uh, yeah. But I did get to visit the the 
old opera house where they filmed this, the Universal tour, and uh, it scared the shit out of me. I was still, at five <laughs> years old. I was afraid the Phantom was going to get me, but this was simply <laughs> Universal revisiting their property, trying to cash in on again, and trying to go big and legitimate with a lot of money behind it. And what's on screen is pretty boring. Is this is this the famous set that was on the lot forever, or was that the one from Cheney? Yes. No, it's they, this one, and and they tore it down here in recent years. Uh, that's what I, I thought. I think they used it for both. Okay, my guy. Yeah. Did you walk around with your fingers up around your neck so he couldn't drop the noose down around your neck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, next, The Exorcist, uh, which won uh, Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Sound, but it was nominated for quite a few awards, including Linda Blair for Best actress i want to say or supporting and uh yeah. he's also nominated for best picture which only six horror films have been able to do that have you guys ever That's seen true. this one no nope. i have not no never I'm heard of honestly it. Heard of it. <laughs> now yeah. that you mention it uh, 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 <laughs> real quick it's interesting with blair not winning because she lost to another child um tame o'neill and paper moon and i don't think there'd been a whole lot of young winners prior to that and so you have these two very different young performances in the same year but i uh, if i don't think makeup and effects existed yet at the oscars until rick baker later that's uh, but true. that's that's the unsung beautiful thing about this movie is dick smith's work because when i think a lot of people realized when uh max von Sydow passed away here recently and they saw pictures of him and he looked like he did in The Exorcist back in the 70s. And then you realize, like, holy shit, Dick Smith was that good. Dick yeah. Smith was that good. And I probably mentioned it on the show. I have a book in my case over here. Uh, Smith's do-it-yourself monster makeup that my dad had that he had gotten That's when awesome. he was young. And my brother and I, when we were growing up, dad would pull that out around October. And my brother and I would go through it, and many years we would choose different for Halloween. And it's actually uh, mine. I think is the second or third printing of it, and it's got a, a in forward by Rick Baker in it. Nice. If I ever if I ever get to a con where Rick Baker is at, I'm gonna have him sign that. I feel like the year that um, maybe it was Stan Winston. There's a couple of the makeup guys too that when they passed, that they they were not even mentioned in the in memoriam so the oscars can be cunts oh yeah they're in memoriam <laughs> is horrible it always is um but yeah it's interesting with uh, the exorcist also because we talk about dick smith and not even a decade later the young kid that he's going to take under his wing and rick baker is going to get that uh, in existence and the exorcist you said it not common it's not happened often for a horror movie to get nominated for best picture um what better one to get nominated though like how could how could have anybody even thought of denying that with the impact that that movie a had and b still has and yeah. the, the exorcist was the first movie to be nominated uh any of any horror film and go and, ahead and to be fair it got beat by the sting and like no, it got um, beat, beat by the Godfather, right? Seventy three. One of y'all better hit hit your internets and find out now, Professor. <laughs> professor, come on, what was it? <laughs> I don't have all those memorized. <laughs> I think I think Jaws was beat by the Sting, but 
Look, look it up, fools. It's a great era, and the reason that it backwashed up to that kind of level is Freakin had already made a massive splash with the French Connection, and so he and already the, had that. It was the freaking weekend, baby, and I'm about to have me some fun. <laughs> that, that too. Now, honestly, I like Exorcist better than the Sting, but I understand why the Sting might win in that in the Academy. Did we iron that out? Is this facts we're giving our listeners, or is this alternative facts? That doesn't feel right. All right, this is the forty-sixth. You're on Wikipedia. Holy shit! Let me get my phone. (laughs) See, Todd thinks that this says 1974. That they're talking about the films from 74, but the films from 73 would be nominated and talked about in 1974. (laughs) Fight, fight, fight! If you if you pay attention to the timeline. This is what everybody, this is what listeners tune in for for us to argue, uh, and they're never disappointed, frankly. When, and when Exorcist, it comes to that, it was Exorcist seventy three came out in seventy three. Okay, it was the Sting. You you have one right. Can you say it a little louder for those? <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> My backwards Good memory. Uh, petty. How's that mayonnaise? <laughs> how how does that a uh, humble pie taste, Toddy? <laughs> As long as it's got enough sugar, he'll eat it. <laughs> oh, fire with I almost singers. passed out. Somebody nominate them for an Oscar. <laughs> oh, boy. Me and Todd are actually going to be in the remake of The Sting. Shit, the odd couple. Or, or what would be funnier, me and Todd in the remake of The Sting or me and Todd as the priests in the remake of The Exorcist? <laughs> I was thinking Butch Cassidy. The that would end up being more like Repossessed. <laughs> All right. Okay, what we got next? Todd, what's next? You've thrown me off now. He's Mike. so jammed 1970, up. What the fuck won in 1975? <laughs> Who gives a shit? You threw me. This is over. <laughs> <laughs> in the podcast now. <laughs> you just canceled uh, us. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, One of the best original scores of all time for a horror movie, The Omen. One. Ooh. Yeah. In 1976? Is that when that was? I feel like Omen, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've, I've now, everything Chris, now. Yeah, best the Omen's not one of your favorites, is it? Not by a long shot. Which surprises me given the yeah, religious weird. connection in it. That blows me away. Yeah, it's just not that interesting. Um, Do you like your job? <laughs> <laughs> I asked to go to a bookstore today, and he goes, but they're not open on Sunday. I was like, did you work today? It's Saturday. <laughs> I'm never off the clock. Never off the clock, boys. Uh, um, ne- you know, what's funny is my favorite Omen film is the third one. Um, but then again, well, <laughs> who doesn't have a crush on Sam Neill? <laughs> hey, well, you, you and your man crushes, boy. We're, we're about to make the list. We got Daniel Day-Lewis we already hit. <laughs> Wait till I take possession. It's going to get weird. Old, old DDL and, and Sam Neill, two of my faves. My, you can't go wrong with my left foot. <laughs> the, uh, the score for The Omen is, it makes a huge impact on the movie. Yeah, it was absolutely. a worthy winner. I think that was Jerry Goldsmith who did like Chinatown and Poltergeist and like half, half anything that Jen, John Williams didn't do that was great, Jerry Goldsmith probably did. Yeah. I concur. Um, Black Swan, if we 
consider that a full horror film. And see, this is the one that was at the top of the list for me that I personally wouldn't think of as a, a horror, straight up horror film. I, I know some this is more would. of a thriller, but but also yeah, I've never I mean, masturbated, I, and my mom's at the foot of the bed either. So I mean, that's horrific. I have never seen this movie. But uh, so Natalie Portman won for Best Actress, and this was also another one of the ones that are counted as this would be the second movie nominated for uh, for uh, Best Picture for Horror. Did she, is this the only Oscar Natalie Portman has won? I don't know. You guys are really throwing out some brain teasers here. I just wonder because the only other thing I can think of off the top of my head that she may have been even nominated for would be the professional. <laughs> yeah, the one where she has a baby and lives in Walmart after hours, where the heart is. <laughs> I worked at Walmart when that came out, by the way. And uh, the was that a true story? Promote, they, they, yeah, it was. They promoted the shit out of that one. But the professionals, the only one other one I can think that maybe she had been nominated for. I don't know. I should have done. I should have done my own professional. What just that, happened <laughs> after that movie came out? You've never seen that movie, Wilson. I never even heard of it. Where the heart is? It sounds Look like it a. Up. It sounds like a hillbilly version of the terminal. <laughs> well, it is. Well, it is. <laughs> and after that movie came out, when Benny was working at Walmart, that at the end of the night they would issue out three shotguns to employees to search the store. That's some insider baseball there. <laughs> so, right. uh, I was just gonna say real quickly about Black. So, what did Black Swan win? Was it uh, just, best actor? Okay, that's fine. That's deserving. I was gonna say if it was up for any other stuff as a film, I'm like, well, Darren Aronofsky's made better films, but it was nominated for Best Picture. Oh yeah. Well, he's made better pictures. I think if, if you're going route of horror, though, I think Requiem for a Dream is more horrific than Black Swan. But Black Swan is, again, I you know. My ballerina years are behind me, but it could be some scary times. Um, Sweeney Todd, also Tim Burton, uh, best art direction. See a pattern. I believe that was 07. I have yeah, never been able to sit through that movie. I watched it one time. Um, I think at this point he'd had Helena Bonham Carter in so many movies that they had to nominate him again for something just because of <laughs> and Johnny Ivory production. Yeah. History with yeah. uh, some of her entertainment. I tried to watch that when we did our Tim Burton episode, and I just I could not get into it. I could not give a shit about that movie. You don't like watching Borat yeah. musical? <laughs> <I'm, the gore. laughs> I thought the gore was fun in it, but past that, I don't remember much other than just not really being into it. Two things: Borat kills it in <laughs> the Les Mis theater version, uh, but the other thing, mm, yes. <laughs> Uh, in Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Man, it's just a bummer of a story. Like it's like I yeah. watched it, and it's got it's got good art direction. I'll give it that. It looks good. Um, it's done well. But man, by the end, of, like when you get to the end and that culmination of the whole story, I'm like, I don't ever want to watch this again. Not because it sucks, but because that that hurts. <laughs> I want to watch yeah. it. It was, I uh, think I was just over Johnny Depp and Tim Burton and Helena Bottom Carter by the time this well, came out, and I—that's what made me not initially. And then, too. and I'm not into—it's not that I'm not into musical because musicals because there are several musicals that I do enjoy. Just yeah. something about it doesn't hit for me. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's one thing to have a movie be a bummer. It's another to have people sing it to you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that uh, a couple weeks ago for you. Uh, you told me to quit singing sad songs on karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> people, man, once you hit... It makes sense now when he's, he was yelling Sweeney Todd. Now I get it. <laughs> Uh, I will say I prefer the production in Jersey Girl of Sweeney Todd. It's a little bit more uplifting. (laughs) It's the best part of Jersey Girl. It is. (laughs) Uh, Moving along to American Werewolf in London, which was the first movie to do best makeup. I've been meaning to get around to see this one. (laughs) As he wears a (laughs) t-shirt. Uh, I was going to say, we went on in pretty in-depth recently on, on the, the makeup for that, but it is important that you know you're the shit when they got to create an award for you. Yeah, but here's here's something about that, though, that, that, that bothers me. I'm glad that Rick Baker got the recognition, and I'm glad that they finally created the category. Longer but you're telling, you're telling me that John Chambers right. did the fucking Planet of the Apes movie on all those actors and got fuck all for it. <laughs> like that and, bothers me. Well, and he had already been helping with the whole Argo thing. Like ironically around that time. He died broken alone because of that. I'm just joking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just <laughs> easy, Sweeney. <laughs> um yeah, I think that that award's kind of weird that it took I mean even since movies started Wizard of Oz and Planet of the Apes, yeah. the Universal yeah. Monsters and <laughs> Why did it take so long to create this award? Yeah, imagine being Jack Pierce and creating all those iconic makeups back for the Universal Monsters and getting fuck all for it the entire time. Yeah. They're like, they basically were like <laughs> trying yeah, to at a certain point they're like, hey, we figured out a cheaper way to just put a mask on them and go away. <laughs> or, uh, you know, the men that had to make Betty Davis look presentable, you know. <laughs> uh, moving along to... Rare. Misery, where Kathy Bates won for Best Actress. Uh, now, here we go. A legitimate big-time winner. So deserved. So yeah, deserved. absolutely. I don't think I knew who Kathy Bates was until I saw Misery. Um, I know that she'd done some movies, maybe small roles before, but man. Like, I, I after reading the book, she was, um, she, like, I, I kind of thought that was just her. To like, uh, I think Fried Green Tomatoes was their next movie, but I've That's always interesting. been. Go ahead, Professor. I was going to say it's interesting. In the early '90s, there was this small pocket of time where the roles that actually entertained people won the awards. <laughs> You've got her winning this, Marissa Tomei, my cousin Benny, Tommy Lee Jones, The Fugitive. I mean, these these were not the usual type of roles to actually take the award home, but it's like they're in the early nineties. It was, it was the shit that was what people enjoyed that was winning. Well, that's a good point because like, you know, my cousin Vinny, though I love it thoroughly is not an Oscar worthy movie. Right. But that performance is right. So there was like this yeah. idea that they were awarding the performance, not saying, Oh, you were good in the most pretentious film this year. So we're going to give you the award for that. There was right. that small window in the 90s where there was that backlash against the materialism of the 80s that was reflected in music that had, it came, you know, the whole grunge era and even movies, the smaller budget stuff 
and things like that, where it was based on what was pleasing the audience, was getting more of the recognition. Uh, that was quickly quashed and <laughs> capitalism overcame in the end. That's of a it, good but. point, though, because there was a whole wave of that in movies. But that's why guys like Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson got to burst on the scene. This kind Kevin of whole wave of young film. Yeah. And, you know, you came out on the ass end of all of these action movies, these big budget action movies, which is really where we're at now with superhero movies. Uh, and, and then movies that were these Kevin Smith's little black and white clerks that was just dialogue gets recognition and hits with people. Um, yeah. Hopefully we see a little bit more of that happen here soon. I, I think there's, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of balance. You can enjoy both. Um, Misery, I've always been a, a big uh, Saturday Night Live guy ever since I was a kid. And before I ever saw the movie, I saw the send-up on SNL, and it was when Roseanne had hosted, oh. and she played Kathy Bates' part, and Dana Carvey <laughs> was who had gotten in the car accident, and she had him in the bed making him do the church lady. <laughs> <laughs> where I remember In Living Color, where it was Rick James... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> came in, which is fucked up because it's right around the time that Rick James actually held that girl hostage <laughs> for a couple days. In Living Color here. didn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, because because the guy yeah. says I really love what MC Hammer did with your song. <laughs> What'd you say about <laughs> Hammer? What'd you say about Hammer? <laughs> he came in with a fucking sledgehammer. <laughs> All right, but yeah, Kathy Bates, man, she was so good in this. I mean, she completely embodied and Reiner. And now has kind of this notably like it's you know just a few movies but some of the best Stephen King adaptations have come from him along with Stand By Me um, but yeah man Kathy Bates richly deserved what she won for on this oh, I thought you were going to say something uh, another one of Abner's favorites Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde 1931 Frederick March won for best Oscar uh, for best Oscar Best Oscar. He was best the best Oscar, Oscar that ever Oscared. <laughs> yeah, so the interesting thing with this is this was early enough in just Coming Hollywood in general and the industry that they hadn't had time to start really distancing themselves from the genre. So you've got this, you know, beloved property that they're adapting from um, and really impressive acting and makeup i mean it, it's completely worthy but it's interesting because it doesn't take but a few years when we get into the legion of decency and the code being implemented for suddenly them to turn their nose up um at, at horror movies and it basically is has remained that way ever since the code was lifted in 67 but that kind of stigma wasn't and it's been the same with comedy comedy and horror there's been this duality where they never really get the respect for what they do which is entertain people and put asses in the seats and this movie like we talked about our our jekyll and hyde episode for 1931 this has amazing special effects that trick that they pull off with with the makeup and the the uh filters the gels that they put over gels unbelievable if you have never seen this one listeners Go get this one. 1931, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde starring Frederick March. It's so good. In my opinion, it's the best adaptation of the story ever put to film. Yeah, still is. It's because you've never seen Mary Riley. <laughs> Mary Riley. Mary Riley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane? 
Uh, one for best costume design. Which seems so weird to me. And that was in 1962. I just, costume design is not what I would expect. Vagrant Number one, that, that that's what that's the movie you hang that on. Like I don't know what all was out that year, but I'm guessing in the early nineteen sixties. <laughs> yeah. Probably something yeah. a little more creative than that, but a good movie. Mary Poppins should have got I don't know. I don't even know when Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins came out, but <laughs> it's it's kind of a more dull time uh in terms of what's coming out of Hollywood. So I I think just because of the who they had in it. And kind of the southern setting and dressing them up got him the award. I mean, he had stuff like the Manchurian Candidate that really made a splash. But in the early '60s, I mean, you kind of have leftover '50s vanilla yeah. <laughs> through a lot of your movies. Chitty chitty bang bang. <laughs> uh, next is The Fly, nineteen eighty six. Uh, one for best makeup. Should have won for a lot more. But well deserved, well best deserved, makeup definitely. And yeah, you're right; absolutely, absolutely should have won for more for best vomit on anyone in a film. <laughs> best acid vomit and a most motion best, picture uh, goes to best pecker in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best winger in a jar for any. Film. That works too. Can we do our? Uh, can we do our own Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've got some ideas. The best times that dong have appeared on scene. <laughs> the yeah. best separated dong in a film goes to best adapted hang dong. <laughs> yes, got my own hang down. <laughs> what's what's next? The picture of, you making Todd laugh. The, the picture of Dorian Gray, nineteen forty-five. Best cinematography. Take it away, Abner. <laughs> I really liked Charlie Chaplin in this one. Uh, <laughs> Motherfucker, my ass. Um, it's it. You really fucked me up with that. Okay, so it's <laughs> Ooh, it's well deserved. Never gets older. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good look. God damn it! It's a good looking movie. Uh, George Sanders is entertaining as always, but again. This is kind of a reach if you're if you're really wanting to to lay it out for for the the big time respect for the award shows with horror movies. Going back to cinematography for Dorian Gray, the fact that that's on our list of twenty, I mean, that kind of says it all. The movie it's a good movie, but so next, Rosemary's Gaby, <laughs> Ruth Gordon won for best supporting actress. Was it nominated for anything else? I don't have that on my list. Look right. up your Wikipedia. I'll look it up. Because right. <laughs> uh, Ruth Gordon like, is great. Rosemary's Baby. I would think uh, there's several things. I would think that that. Would... Yeah, you would. You would think that that movie would have been would have won for something else other than a best other, supporting actress. Well, other than how many has this happened to in Hollywood, where Satan impregnates her wife so they can become actors and not something they want out there. Common story. Yeah. This one had a lot of uh, different names involved with it that that had the confidence getting it into the award show. Polanski had already made a name for himself with Repulsion. Um, if I remember correctly, William Castle produced this, which is kind of fun for all the schlock that he did earlier yeah. in the decade for him to be behind this. 
Um, and then what? What then if? Got, like, I wonder if the theaters had babies swing down from the rafters at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, reportedly in the they Bronx, live, baby. somebody in the face with one and had the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other yeah, Ruth Gordon is great in it. Yeah, she is. The the only other nomination was uh, Best Writing of a Screenplay Based on Material from Another Medium. Gotcha. Glad they changed well, that title. That's wildly Levin, specific. I think was the author name. All right. Great movie. Ruth Gordon uh, was great. She had a long career as a writer and actress. Um, is she the so, one who played Philo Beto's mom in the Every Which Way But Loose and Any Which Way You Can? Yes, yeah, so. she was. Okay. And Maud and Harold and Maud. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you know, there's a couple names in this film that would not lead to any controversy. Mia Farrow and Roman Polanski. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite line from her uh, in the Clint Eastwood movies is, That goddamn ape made all my goddamn Oreos. <laughs> oh, she was such a scene stealer. Oh. Yeah, she, she even dates back as a writer. She co-wrote the movie A Double Life, which was Oscar-nominated, like, in the... I can't remember, maybe the late 30s, early 40s. I mean, wow. she had a long career. Uh, speaking of Roman Polanski, uh, what did he... Did he write... Did he, the country did, for? Did he do the... No, no, I know what he did there. So, <laughs> that what in recent years, was did he do the pianist? Did he direct the pianist? Yes. Yeah. That, so, so, there was all this buzz about whether he was going to be at the Oscars because the pianist was nominated for like 600 awards. And Steve Martin was the host that year, and he's going through. He's like, "Boy, what a crowd we got here tonight!" Uh, oh man, Meryl Streep is here. Always great to see Meryl Streep. Oh, and look, there's uh, uh, you know Mel Brooks. Great to see him here tonight. And uh, Roman Polanski is here. Get him, boys! <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> was the FBI? <laughs> yes. Speaking of the FBI, the Silence of the Lambs, which was this is the one, big one. Yeah, so this one for best picture, best director, best actor Anthony Hopkins, best actress Jodie Foster, and best screenplay. Yes, yeah, Thomas Harris's novel. Can I be honest? Oh God! Oh, no. oh here we God go. Here we what go. Is this is a slow burn. The Silence of the Lambs is a good movie, but like that many Oscars yes. compared to other horror movies that have been out there. Come so, on. Yes. Compa- but here's the thing. And we can all agree. This is not, I would not necessarily call this a horror movie straight out of the gate. Sure. Does it qualify? I believe so. Absolutely. But this has more of a thriller crime drama it had this enormously broad appeal because it was very genre non-specific. Sure. Uh, and also, I'm sure that if we had done our jobs and saw what else was out that year, uh, this movie was huge. This was 91. When it came out. A bunch of good... I feel Which, like it, this movie made an enormous splash when it came out. And quite frankly, anytime... I don't have a uh, normal cable right now. I got a shitload of streaming services, but used to anytime I'd be channel surfing, if I ran across silence of the lambs, I would stop and watch it every single time I was flipping past it. Oh yeah. 
it's infinitely entertaining. And it goes back to that early nineties pocket where commerce met art. I mean, there's just all these great entertaining movies. Um, and I, I think everything that it won for it's deserved. And anybody that argues against it, not being horror is, uh, <laughs> I would say the two scenes that kind of solidify it for me. Cause I totally understand where that angle comes from for some people, but he wears somebody's face. Yep. And the scene with the night vision goggles is about as intense and scary as it gets. So, I mean, it's got the elements there. It's not a full-blown horror movie, but at the same time, this is, I don't want to pit it against too much else because that's like when poor people fight each other instead of the people who are making it I also heard that this was the first movie outside of the adult film industry to get nominated for Best Skeet in the Face. (laughs) Megs, you perverted son of a bitch. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Meryl Streep wore someone's face in Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> well, and, and Art the Clown wore somebody's titties in Terrifier. Which is apparently better than House of a Thousand Corpses. But no, it's just a direct comparison, that's all. This also won an award for Best Tucking in a Film in 1991. <laughs> just that year. It's also uh, led to me in college waking up my roommates one morning by putting it on loop on my DVD player when he says, wait, <laughs> she great big fat person and blasting it around the house so everyone got upset uh wilson do you remember when we were in long beach and we almost became the fat girl when the guy wanted help getting his wheelchair in his van and my dumb ass like it didn't even put two and two together why is this guy standing up with his wheelchair I was like, oh Sally? yeah right outside Sally? getting coffee <laughs> Goodbye, yep. horses. That was playing in his car. <laughs> crying what, over you. What songs are you? I just had to pay ten thousand dollars for doing this. Uh, next, Aliens: Best Sound Editing and Best Visual Effects. Again, these are head pad awards because they're like, hey, this movie is so goddamn good, we got to give them something. Yeah. I feel like, too, uh, they called on where they're like, we, we want people to tune into the Oscars, so let's maybe nominate a movie that people will tune in for. That's Although, I, Alien win anything? I'm glad you asked, yeah. because Alien also won for Best Visual Effects. Okay. And uh, Sound Editing, right? Um, That was Aliens. I thought they both won for Sound Editing. Well, maybe they did. No, you're, no you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I mean, visually alien, you know, with all the H.R. Giger imagery, it, it may be a little superior to Aliens, but because Aliens was so ball to, balls to the wall and accessible to more people, you're definitely, you know, they're like, all right, we can't ignore this one. We're, we're going to have to do some more recognition. Well, and, alien, and Aliens was, was what a sequel should be. It was yeah. bigger and better. It gave you more of the Aliens. You know, it, it really not, ratcheted it up a notch. Oh yeah, you'll get no argument here. I think Alien Alien is a fantastic movie, but Aliens is my straight up jam. But going Aliens in, is more of an action movie, and I think that's why. Yeah, I, but we've Grimland said it before. Gave you more Gremlins, <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> um, I will say to me, Alien is a movie that I think should have been nominated and probably won for Best Picture. Um, I'm not sure what one in 79. Actually, if you give me a minute to think, because I know Deer Hunter was 78. 
Ordinary People was like 80, 81, so I can't think what's in between there. Probably some snooze fest. It, Alien is a great looking film even today. And I, I, I've i said it before, yeah. my first love is sci-fi because that's really what I was first allowed to really consume as a kid. And my dad always enjoyed that as well. So that really scratches those movies, Alien and Aliens, really scratch both itches for me. Oh, they were both great. What year did Alien come out? 79. Then I should look at 1980, Todd. That's in your face. I think. Well, look it up. Carry on my way. No, get out, Robert. (laughs) But also the movie Get Out won for Best Original Screenplay. It was nominated, too, for Best Picture, but um, it was, I don't know if it was robbed. Actually, I think I wrote down what that one was. Alien did not uh, did not win Best Picture because Kramer versus Kramer got Best Picture. Ugh. Some of, some of Michael Richards' best work, if I'm being honest. Meryl Streep, though, bitch. I get I get nothing off that. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> you big. Kramer, I like the. I like uh, people's argument that the Brood from David Cronenberg is better than Kramer versus Kramer for a divorce <laughs> movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah, Get Out was a big deal because this wasn't like a shoe-in. It wasn't a long-established career. You've got basically a guy known for comedy coming in just like a locomotive. Uh, and it was such a big deal for the genre because it didn't it didn't have all those guarantees backing it. It's kind of this new voice. It was a big deal. And uh, it did... <clears throat> Go ahead. And it did. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this so much. Um, So it was a big deal that year, too, because it was, you know, head to head was Get Out and Shape of Water. Which one? And while Shape of Water is, we would say, like horror adjacent, you know, because you you got got the Kingpin, you got Guillermo del Toro, you know, like. um, Shape of Water was also fun watching families bring their kids in because that was awkward AF. Watching. the creature from the Black Lagoon get guts. But there Weird. is still no fish wiener in the film, which is upsetting. <laughs> Maybe the sequel. <laughs> That's why it got the award. Yeah, so get out. I mean, it. yeah, it was a big deal. I agree. And, and so it's it, it obviously made me turn in to the Oscars when I had not tuned in for quite a while. So Yeah, I just feel well, like everything prior with the awards that we have mentioned had had its it's tie-in on what got it there. This is the difference, I think, from all of those, is it doesn't have that big-time established performer, director. They're literally going on merit on what the movie's trying to say and how it says it. I think that's fantastic. I think it was... (laughs) Go ahead, Vinny, please. You know what? Let's (laughs) let's all put our finger in the air uh, if you would like to speak. (laughs) Go ahead, Vinny. What... I what I liked about that year was the fact that you had two movies that monster kids could get behind horror fans. Although, um, like we said, shape of water is more horror adjacent, but it, it, it does have a creep more of a creature effect than get out does. Uh, sure. but what's funny is to listen to people who will argue that get out's not a horror movie. And yeah. I think that people forget a horror movie doesn't have to be a slasher. 
I think that people like to forget that. Uh, I do think that it was more akin to like a Twilight Zone, which is why Jordan Peele was perfect to carry on the Twilight Zone as he has on Paramount Plus as the host, as Rod Serling did in the original. Um, And also, and both Shape of Water and Get Out did what I think that these movies, what sci-fi and what horror is best used for in its purest form, and it's to uh, make social commentary without beating you over the head with it and disguising it within the genre that it's using. And both of those movies did that absolutely wonderfully. I don't understand the people who, who will argue that get out is overrated. I don't know that they have you watched it because yeah. that is a 100% solid movie. Well, and I think and whether it's, it's horror too, or not, you're usually going to hear that hot take online because those people aren't invited to parties. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you think it would have been nominated for more awards if Meryl Streep had played the white mother? In the <laughs> and Leo DiCaprio is the dad. I just wanted to say, though, The Shape of Water, also the creature gets behind you. <laughs> uh, it was released in France uh, as Le Fish Guts. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, I'm here. Unbelievable. I'm here for it. Keep it up, <laughs> Professor. All right. So See, y'all got me watching these goddamn leprechaun movies. You just get ready. <laughs> Did you have more banging? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Okay. I was gonna segue. Well, speaking of fish guts, Jaws. Uh, original score, sound mixing, film editing. It was nominated for Best Picture, but it lost out to Godfather Duh. Mm. Which I can't hate them for that. You know, you've got it. You're up against the sequel that most people would say is better than the original. You know, so if it had I, lost to Godfather three, I might complain. I was going to say, <laughs> I think Godfather three is the superior film. <laughs> I wish I could stab you in the neck from where I am. I'm just kidding. It is my favorite film about incest, though. It's Godfather. <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> hefty subgenre. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think we've we've covered every all the award winners, right? Yes, yep. and, and so for the the six movies that were nominated, we discussed all of them but one because it obviously didn't win nothing. Uh, so the six that were nominated: so Exorcist, Black Swan, uh, which Black Black Swan lost to King's Speech, um, Jaws. Really? Silence of the Lambs, our only winner. The Sixth Sense, which didn't we didn't mention because uh, it didn't win nothing. And Get Out. So there's our six. Mm. But I feel like cool. there's many movies that are not were not nominated, didn't win. Um, it's kind of even even lately, like uh, whether you like them or not, it's weird that like I feel like their Oscar bait was like Midsummer, um, Hereditary. Um, the Witch. The Witch. I, I feel like it's strange that those movies weren't up for something. Um, so I was just wondering if there's movies that was definitely left off that you guys feel should have been nominated or won for something. Professor, do yeah, you I, know, was The Hunchback of Notre Dame with uh, Charles Lawton, was that even nominated for anything? I'm not sure. I know that it came out of what it, many argue to be the greatest year in film. So because there's a it is very horror good adjacent. 
Yeah, I a very good chance it didn't just because of what came out that year, but I'm not man, sure. That movie is a masterpiece. It was yeah. nominated for Best Sound and Best Music. Okay. So okay, so at least it got nominated for Wait, something. Is that that movie or the Disney movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, professor, please tell the story about the, um, just the crime of the score for Mandy not getting a chance. Oh yeah. So that's one of the best scores. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion ever, but I would say in recent years for sure. And I'm not one of these guys that goes on obsessively for Mandy. I, I think it's a very entertaining movie and I enjoy it, but I think some people get a little carried away with the obsession. Um, but the score is that good. Um, and they would not let it be nominated. Um, and the guy's name is escaping me now. I feel horrible. Uh, but he passed away after the movie came out. And this was it. That was his last score. They wouldn't let it be nominated because it streamed around the same time uh, it streamed a little bit, I think, or it was on demand. You could rent it before mm-hmm. it got a theatrical release, so it wasn't eligible. And they pleaded, saying, this guy's passed away, this score is worthy, it's great. And they said, nope. What a load of it. shit. Because and then a few movies- years later, the pandemic happens, and now, you know. That's what I was about to say. How many movies right King. now that are up for Oscars are streaming only? Because yeah, I know so being he, the Ricardos is up for at least two Oscar noms. Half half yeah. the movies listed are streaming movies. Like coming to yes. coming number two, America is nominated for something. I, I that, think it's for a, makeup uh, or something. Which I gave it because when I first saw it was nominated for anything, I was I laughed. And then when I saw what it was for, I think it was for makeup or something. I was like, okay, all right, I can see that. Yeah. The composer's name is Johan Johansson. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a great score, um, and com- got completely hosed on it. And that's just such political money grubbing bullshit. Because it was on demand, like that changes anything about the score being great in a movie. You know, I, it, it was just lame. I uh, I was, <clears throat> and it's probably just because again, it's 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 horror and and it's a sequel or whatever you want to call it. But I thought the Candyman soundtrack to the new movie was really good. And it got, yeah. The, uh, last night in Soho. Why was that not, it's not, I don't even think it's nominated for anything. Rather less. It should have been nominated for best picture. Um, the, I think all the best picture movies, there's maybe two that actually should be in that category. Granted, I haven't seen a lot of them, but it's just, it's weird. Like most of them I hadn't even heard of. And then, there's a lot of movies that's just been like robbed in the last couple of years, especially. Yeah, the best pictures they usually get it wrong. I will say um, it probably will win, and I, I really did love Licorice Pizza, but you know, pet, pedos are out, so we'll see if she can win that or not. <laughs> uh, Professor, do you know if Joe Bashara has ever been nominated for any of his score work? Not sure. I, the I mean, scores I'm... are not publicized, really, as much as they should be i think that's one that people care more about uh that really doesn't get as much press <clears throat> yeah because I'm, I'm looking at like some of the hottest work you know the insidious stuff and it they didn't get any nominations but i'm like man 
the the musical work that Joe Bashara did on those films, it's unreal. I mean, how do you compare yeah. that as a score? Christopher Young something does a lot of good scores and nothing. Something to keep in mind uh, with this whole topic <clears throat> is Hitchcock. <laughs> zero. Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Zero. Can you repeat that? Because all I heard was Hitchcock zero. Yeah, yeah. It, but you, 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 you blanked out. Yeah, two of the greatest directors of all time won nothing. Um, and so, I mean, that kind of sums it up when, when you're trying to figure out the, the validity of some of the choices that are made with what wins and what's nominated. Stanley Kubrick and Alfred Hitchcock won nothing. Well, and especially when you look back at a lot of things that have won, there are a lot of things where if you look at it now, you're like, what the fuck is that movie that won Best Picture? Like it's not it's oh, yeah. nothing that's had any lasting effect. Whereas the movies that probably got snubbed that year and weren't even nominated are the ones that everyone still remembers. Yeah. Shake a spirit in love. Um Yeah, I, I know you keep talking about every silent picture category is Charlie Chaplin, but didn't it didn't they like basically like blackball him from like I think he won something a few years ago, like that they just felt bad they were turds to him. Man, poor, yeah, poor Charlie Chaplin. Oh, yeah, they, dr- ran, they ran him out. Yeah. yeah, they ran him out of the country. And, and, and honestly, Charlie Chaplin's impact on movies as a whole is so important. People have no idea with so much time that has passed. I actually love the movie Chaplin with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in it. Yeah. Um, Char- I jotted down some ideas of things that I thought uh, were worthy of a, of winning awards. Throw, did anybody else do that? Is your list just Leprechaun one, two, three? <laughs> no, but I'll, I'll be I'll be brief here. Uh, so ones that I thought for best actress uh, that were completely worthy uh, was Tony Collette in Hereditary, yeah, uh, Essie yeah. Davis in Babadook, Shelley Duvall in The Shining, and who I would give the award to all time would be Dee Wallace from Cujo. Um, I thought these were four performances from women uh, that were completely worthy of being nominated. Um, <clears throat> for males, uh, best actor Christian Bale, American Psycho, uh, Anthony Perkins and um, Psycho, Robert Shaw and Jaws, and I would have given the award to Jeff Goldblum and The Fly. Um, I think those are four that should have been nominated. And then just a few others, uh, best director, um, I would have, at least nominated Robert Eggers for The Witch. I think what he accomplished with that movie um, was insanely confident and, and assured with what he did. Um, best Adapted Screenplay. How did Psycho not win anything? This movie changed the whole course of, of film, and it got mm-hmm. nothing. But that was adapted from a, from a novel. Um, best Original Screenplay. I, I, I think Scream should be in the conversation. It should have been nominated, at least. That created a whole wave and changing the trajectory, especially for youth cinema back then. Um, and then just a couple more Suspiria, I think for art direction or sound design. Um, and the don't look one. now. Yeah. Don't look now, <laughs> uh, with the cinematography as well as the innocence, um, or a couple that I would nominate for that. But those are just some ideas I wanted to throw out that I think are Oscar caliber, uh, efforts that didn't get any attention. If I can speak for Robert, I'd like to say that I think Congo was robbed. 
of any of its merits. Especially, Especially Bruce Campbell. Campbell is best actor in that movie. <laughs> no, no, no. Best actor definitely goes to Tim Curry in that one. <laughs> I, I would say there was just a few movies I was just thinking of. I didn't I didn't make a as cool of a list as uh Wilson, but I think The Shining, um, like like it's missing from so many things, like at least best adapted or or I don't know. Picture. It also got a Razzie. People thought that was the worst movie wow. of the year that year. Uh, so hilarious. Crazy. The thing. Um, yep. Where is that? Uh, yeah, the thing was not liked at all. Yeah, it's flop. And you want to talk about deserving of a special effects award? Yeah, all that existed too at that point. They could have given it. Actually, it's weird too because, like, speaking of score, like, like I just feel like certain directors too, like Carpenter. And Craven, um, again, I can see a lot of the movies not getting up there for best picture or something, but at least like, like at least score or something like, uh, like you said with Scream. Um, it's strange because when you think back of like movies that changed cinema, and then probably '96, there's some weird ass movies in the late '90s winning all these awards. So. I'm not the biggest fan of the Scream movies, but I will absolutely agree with you that Scream completely changed the trajectory of mainstream horror. It was nothing but knockoffs after that for the entire decade, for the next decade. Oh, they could make a movie about that script making its way around Hollywood. The people yeah. going ape shit trying to buy that. I mean, it was a big deal. Well, I back to <clears throat> talk about the score of Halloween. Yeah. Mm, yes. The, the use of it, you know, the director making the music for the film, you know, I mean, it's Halloween. That's such know, a good point. Halloween could have had best cinematographer. Yeah, yeah, Dean Cundy. Um, Dean, yeah, yeah. Dean, has Dean Cundy ever been nominated for stuff? I would hope later, but yeah, he, him, and with that Panavision working with Carpenter on those movies back then. I mean, there's a beautiful look to those, and it's Dean such Carpenter a good point though with that score because if you take that score out of Halloween. That movie is a dime a dozen. That yeah. music changes everything. Yep. All right. Guys, rest assured, Dean Cundy was nominated for one film. Back to the Future. Best cinematography for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's it? That's it. <laughs> that's wild. I mean, how it's cr- fine for that movie, but how his career. Was that? <laughs> yeah, it was criminal when me and Todd walked right up to his table and met him without a line. Yeah, criminal when um, uh, Germ T. Ripper <laughs> loved the photo of me and Dean. Like I think he got a boner to it. Oh boy! I mean, just, well, let's go ahead and wrap her up here. Uh, <laughs> Back to conversation the around Oscars, uh, the stuff that won them and the stuff that should have won them. Um, fun little topic here. So I hope you all put this in your pocket as you head towards Oscar season. Yes, and, which is March twenty seventh. March 27th. It's coming up. So, folks, we've got some fun stuff coming up. As you heard, the professor is watching the Leprechaun films. And let's <laughs> want to let you know. At he's, gunpoint. He's not alone. <laughs> so we've got a big revisit coming up. Stay tuned for that. So, wrapping up another. Dog episode. trash. <laughs> another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. Hot Toddy. Stay scary.